Okay, so if you want to turn your Bibles to Romans, to the book of Romans, if you're using the Bible you grabbed on the way in, it's page 937. Otherwise, you, otherwise you've got to find it yourself. Uh, let's see, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all right? And we'll also have the verses up behind here so you can follow along. So we've already looked at Romans so far, and we saw the gospel. We saw the power of the gospel, and now we're looking at the need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the end of Romans talks about the intense need in the world today uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it's going to go right from there. Romans chapter 2 on is going to go deep into the gospel. It's just powerful, powerful. But we still have a couple rough steps to take uh, how badly the gospel is needed. We Last week we saw what in the world is going on. That was step number one. And today we're going to see where is the United States headed on these steps. Romans 1, 24 to 25. And I did a sermon series during the shutdown, uh, COVID shutdown, on Daniel Revelation. I, I titled it Bible Prophecy, Making Sense of This Crazy World. If you never had a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to because we need to be prepared for what's going on. But where, do you remember when we did that study, where did we find the United States in the end times prophecy? Where, where did we find them? That's right. Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. What? How can that be? We are the superpower. At least we were last year. Uh, you know, we are the superpower. How could, how could we not be there? Why? Well, there's, it's possible that we're going to be conquered. It's possible that we'll be absorbed into the, you know, the Antichrist, you know, the different regions, the ten world regions. It's possible we'll be fractured somehow. Boy, that'd be hard to imagine, right? And we could implode, or it could be a combination of all these things. We don't know. All we do is, as hard as we've looked, we cannot find the United States in end times prophecy. And we believe that's getting close, which is troubling, right? So Romans 1 explains a lot of the reason why the United States is no longer the world superpower, okay? Last week, we started on the steps to God's wrath. We talked about it for the world, for countries, for individuals, and for the churches, the churches and denominations. We looked at that, and we saw the first step last week was what we called spiritual suicide, spiritual suicide when we when we, when we reject the world or a country or a church denomination or an individual rejects God and their they reject God and their mind and heart are darkened. Remember we talked about that and the USA has clearly lost its mind. There was no doubt after last week where the United States have we taken that step. Uh, I saw a study this week all excited about how, how the, the, the young generation is turning to God. And, and I was like, wow, that sounds great. And I, I started reading the article, and they said, yes, now one-third of the 18 to 25-year-old demographic, 18, now one-third of them now believe there is a God. I was like, this isn't good news, you know. They're not that they're Christian. If they all became Christian, awesome. If they're Christian, this is the ones that aren't atheists. That means two-thirds are atheists of that group. That, that's not good news in my mind, right? So the USA clearly has lost its spiritual mind. But now we're going to look at the next step, and then next week we'll probably do at least one more, possibly even the third and fourth step. We'll see how that goes. But let me pray first. Father, thank you for the worship. We thank you for everybody who's here or listening or watching or ends up watching this, listening to this. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. We pray for your mercy and grace for your word to, to help us take a step forward. And Lord, no matter what steps the world takes, we pray that we 
everyone who's hearing this, here, watching, that we would not take the steps toward wrath, but we would take steps of faith forward in our spiritual life. I pray that that would happen because of this scripture today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so I'm just going to review, uh, first of all, last, the first step, we'll read that first of all, Romans 1, 18 to 23, where it says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about them is plain to them, I'm sorry, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal Power and divine nature are clearly seen, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became morons, remember, fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. All right, so we saw, if you weren't here for that sermon, listen to it, because each one builds on the, the next. Very important, if you ever miss any sermons, I encourage you to listen to them or watch them, because they all are connected. They're links in the chain. And this, that was, so that was step number one. If you haven't listened to that one, make sure you do. But we talked about how willful, willful ignorance willful ignorance which is in the intellectual fall led to idolatry the willful ignorance led to idolatry which was a spiritual fall so the intellectual fall led to a spiritual fall which now leads to immorality which we're going to see next the next couple of verses that leads to immorality a moral free fall a moral free fall okay willful ignorance idolatry Immorality, specifically, we're going to see today, sexual immorality. I know it's something we don't can't even relate to or under, you know see it. You know, it's, you know, you know, the United States is no big deal, right? But some countries struggle with this, right? Uh, I, I wish I was joking. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> second step, the second step, verses twenty-four to twenty-five. This is go. Therefore, God gave them over in the. Si- in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual immorality, impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Back to verse 24. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Sexual immorality is the second one. So the intellectual fall... What we saw last week leads to the spiritual fall, the idolatry, which leads to a moral free fall. Intellectual, spiritual falls leads to a a, a moral free fall. And Paul starts, the Holy Spirit leads him to start with sexual sin. And look what the Holy Spirit does, how he connects the dots to idolatry, which we studied last week. Remember we talked about idolatry last week? But he, he brings it back and he connects the dots to sexual sin why would he do that it's called sexual idolatry right sexual idolatry remember when we studied the life of elijah and the life of elisha if you weren't here for those boy go back and listen to those uh we saw that idolatry when when 
we saw that idolatry included sexual sin. Remember we talked about the Baal worship, that the people were all doing Baal worship. Remember Elijah on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal. But we talked about how Baal worship involved orgies. It wasn't just worshiping a different god. It was, it was a different god and it involved sexual orgies as part of their worship. That's what it involved. And that's what pulled the Israelites in. That's what always pulled the Israelites in. Remember uh, Balaam and, and uh, you know, the, what happened in the book of Numbers, same thing. And it, and it wasn't just sexual sin with the worship of Baal, but it also included child sacrifice. The sacrifice of their newborn babies, they sacrificed them, which was always God's last straw. Remember we talked about that? that was, that's God's last straw. That was the end for the Israelites. Once they started sacrificing their children, God said, Dad, no way. No, no, no more. We're done. Manasseh, King Manasseh, even though he repented, the blood of the children had called to God. It was the last straw. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Has the United States taken this step? You better believe it, right? When? When did they take it? Well, remember step one was rejecting God. Last week we saw God. They rejected God. And we kind of nailed down the, the real pivotal time was 1962 when the, uh, God was removed from the schools. Supreme Court decision, prayer, and the Bible removed from the schools. 1962. What else happens in the 60s immediately following this? What blew up in America? The sexual revolution right after this, through the 60s and the 70s, we saw the sexual revolution just explodes. And what we saw was now sex outside of marriage, which was, was uh, widely accepted then. The, the, the 19, it started in the 1960s, and it just kept carrying all the way to 1980. It didn't stop then, but that's when it was embedded. The damage was done, and, and that's when our country took another step, which we're going to study next week. All right, It's going to be even uglier. But it, the, the sexual revolution that started right after God was removed from the schools, right after God was rejected by our Supreme Court, yeah, some Supreme Court, right? Uh, there's a real Supreme Court that we're all going to face someday. And, uh, and so we saw it shocking what happened. For those who are old enough to remember what happened in the 60s and 70s, unfortunately I am old enough, uh, the, we, the, it was the devastating effect on the marriage and the family just destroyed the marriage and the family what happened divorce exploded i remember when nobody was divorced i remember my i remember as a kid someone one of our family friends got a divorce and i was shocked i couldn't they're divorced Uh, what is that i didn't even know what it was i remember saying to one of my friends so-and-so got a divorce really what wow you know we're shocked now the whole street our whole road you know half the houses you know and on the on our road that i grew up on are all divorced now it it exploded which has had a uh, now half of all marriages at least end in divorce it's had a devastating effect on women that's what's really hurt. And, and kids, the statistics on children of divorce are unbelievable. Now, God's grace is there, and God can, you know, if we give our life to Christ and, 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 and grow spiritually, we can offset a lot. But the, the effect 
on children in every area is devastating. We did it for the kids. You know? Yeah, guess what? It's not too good for the kids. You know, we know that. Uh, and then the churches caved in and followed the culture. Uh, you know, they ignore, the churches ignore God's word and they ignore church discipline when it comes to this. It, it's unbelievable. Now, listen, I know many of you here have, are, have been divorced and, and, and some of you have had no choice in the matter. You've just, you've been the wrong party. And, and even if you weren't the wrong party, there's still God's mercy and grace. I tell people, start, when you become a Christian, start there. Start there. Because, you, you know, we, we, we start at that point. That's why I encourage everybody. But in God's mercy and grace is there for everyone, no matter what mistakes we've made. But I tell everybody, start now. You're a Christian now. Or even whatever happened, start now. Start now. Start over now by God's mercy and grace. So I encourage that. But, but the, the divorce has just been devastating as a result of this, this second step. Also, pornography has exploded. Uh, for those who weren't there, the 19s and six, 1960s and 70s, it just exploded. And now the demonic toxins that permeate our entire country, you, you know, things that you can see on TV, which we would consider porn, soft porn, is openly there now. Uh, the, the computers, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, they, they, they make more money on porn than they make on everything else combined. It's crazy. The, the phones, the poor kids, they, it's almost impossible. Even if you put blocks on the phones, they're not stupid. They know how to get around them. You got, we have to help our kids fight this battle. It's a, con- a constant bombardment. Most men in, a, in America have a porn ad- addiction. A lot of people say, oh, I'm afraid to talk to you, Pastor Chuck, because you'll, I'm like, I assume you have it. You know, you know, I tell guys, I assumed you had it. Don't, you know, don't feel bad. I'm glad you're telling me I can help you. You know, don't, don't be afraid to ever talk to me about anything. Uh, you know, all of us as men struggle with pornography and, it's, and we need help with this. But it's not just men. Now 50% of all women are addicted to pornography. 50% of women. And the crazy thing, the shocking thing about this is that pornography is not made for women. Women do not naturally respond to pornography. It doesn't do anything for them. They have to look at it a lot and start acting out on things, and their brains are rewired. Understand, women who are hooked on pornography, their brains have been rewired. They almost have like a male brain. This is science, science. You know, you can read the science studies on it. It's crazy. But that's how damaging it is. And so men and women both need help with this. If you know our Harvest USA booklets out here, they, you know, it talks about how to help men and women in this struggle. But it, that's what's happened. But the most tragic effect of pornography is the kids. It, many kids are abused because of it. It's one of the main, you know, we all go after, you know, people who abuse kids, but we don't deal with the root of it. It's usually pornography, and that's what makes us so angry about what, what pornography is doing. And not to mention the brain damage with these kids. <clears throat> we have kids that are seven, eight years old looking at pornography. Their brains can't handle it. Nobody should be handling it, but, but kids, they're not, they don't know what 
they're not ready for sexual stuff yet. So it fractures their brain. It, it, it gives them a brain damage that they're going to have to deal with the rest of their life. And, and that's why we as a, a, a church must help people fight temptation and help them deal with this. And we have to help healing. And that's why we all these different ministries that I'll talk about more in a little while. And that's why we need to be a transparent place. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, it's a safe place to share what you're struggling with. Anything you want to share with people here, you can do it. I mean, we've all been through all these things. And that's why we have all these different groups to help people work through these things. Because we need to be transparent and open, safe place to share our, our, our struggles in this area. Uh, another effect of, the, of this second step of the sexual immorality in the United States is premarital sex. Premarital sex is just rampant. Uh, it, kids are conditioned. Teenagers are conditioned. Every movie you watch, every show you watch, everything, what do they always do? Jump right into bed. You know, the hero jumps into bed. Beats up the bad guys, jumps into bed with some girl, all right? Uh, and it's it just conditioned. They, every show they watch, all these teen shows, jumping right into bed. And, and so they're conditioned. It's like Pavlov's dog. Ring the bell, boom. You know, you're with some, you know, it, it's it's. Crazy what's going on. Even Christians, the studies show that Christian teens have the same sex lives as the non Christian teens. It's because we've been conditioned and it's so damaging. The, 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 the studies show that hooking up does not prepare people for marriage, it prepares people for divorce. Exactly. It prepares people for divorce. That's what all the studies show, that it hurts marriage, that it makes people vulnerable to not survive in their marriage. It actually rewires the brain. I was just reading a study on it. Uh, just pulled it up this week. Uh, science proves that premarital sex rewires the brain. It's not just the porn. It's, it's the sex. There's a reason why breaking up from a sexual relationship is much more emotionally painful and much harder to forget than one that didn't involve sex. There are several neurochemical processes that occur during sex, which are the glue to human bonding. God gave them to us to bond us. Husband and wife become one flesh. It's biblical. We're created that way. But when you have sex with someone who's not your lifelong marriage partner, that's where the damage happens. These bonding agents narrow our selection to one person. That is a wonderful thing in marriage relationship, but really bad in a dating relationship because you lose your objectivity when searching for your potential life mate. We marry someone we shouldn't marry, right? Okay, here we go. So for those practicing sex outside of marriage, they are creating a bond with their partner, thus inhibiting their discernment of whether they should remain in that relationship. God wired and designed our brains for a specific purpose to bond ourselves with the person we marry. So once again, the damage, the damage that it does. Also, how about STDs? STDs, I was reading this week in a study, 42 million Americans have the HPV STD. 42 million. And then it goes on to talk, I'll read you the headline, the HPV causes more cancers than most know. Lots of cancers caused by the HPV. 42 million. They just assume, I was reading the article, they assume every American kid now is going to have it at some point. Every teenager is going to have it. Just assume. And, and it, it's that, <clears throat> STDs are that widespread. 
another effect of the sexual revolution, this is going to get wild here, is the birth control pill. That followed the sexual, that was part of the sexual revolution. In 1965, the Supreme Court ruled that birth control pills were legal for married women. Hard for you, a lot of you didn't even know that, right? A lot of you said, what are you talking about? You know, it was illegal. The birth control pill was illegal. Uh, but they said married women could use it, which started a landslide, which means everybody could use it. And, you know, the, the landslide began. But it, it freed up women, but really, that's what everybody thought, but it really freed up men. It freed up men from sexual responsibility. All right? Now, uh, <clears throat> the... Now, let me say this. Birth control itself is a matter of conscience. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about birth control. Okay? It's a matter of conscience uh, for a married couple. It's a matter of conscience. As long as it's not an abortificant. As long as it's not an abortificant, which the pill is. We have to study. I, I tell every couple that's getting married, study Whatever, if you're going to use birth control, study it to make sure it's not an abortifacent. Some are not abortifacents. Some are. An abortifacent uh, birth control method is something that, take, that takes the conceived egg and, and destroys it. All right? If it stops con- conception, that's a matter of conscience. If it destroys the conceived egg, then that is an abortifacent, and it's very, very serious, which the birth control pill does. The birth control pill is an abortifacent. Its primary goal is to block conception. That's its primary goal. But if the backup plan is if it doesn't stop that, it then takes the conceived egg and won't let it attach, and it starves it to death. That's what it does. Uh, it, It keeps it from attaching. The Bible clearly teaches that life begins at conception, the moment the egg is is. Uh, is, is fertilized and it becomes the conception occurs as soon as that happens the Bible clearly teaches that that is when life begins Psalm 139 says this in 139 verse 13 for you created me in my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Written in your book. And that the Bible clearly teaches. And the birth control pill clearly kills a conceived baby. It says it on the box. I've read it many times. You can go online and study it. It says it clearly. I remember I was counseling a young couple, and they were like, this can't be. Our doctor told us to take the birth control. It can't be an abortifacent. I said, well, we'll go ask them. So they went to the doctor, and they said, our pastor, crazy pastor, says that we shouldn't take the birth control pill because it, it, it destroys the conceived egg. And he goes, of course it does. You have a problem with that? Doctors know. They're not stupid. We're stupid for taking it. Right. And, 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 and we're not sure the percentage, but it, it let's say it's a low percent. Let's say it's 10 percent of the time that you're, you're having sexual relations and there's a, a, a baby conceived. Even t- think of the horrible number of and that's a low ball number, by the way. They project it could be much higher than that. But even if it's 10 percent, think about how horrible it is. And I tell Christians, if you take it, stop. Repent of that. I, I won't marry a couple if they 
I won't marry a couple if they are planning on taking the birth control pill. I've had some battles, and now I've just come to the place where I will not do the wedding if, if they won't commit to not using the birth control pill. They have to commit to, if they're using birth control, to use a non-abortificant. Now, I'm going to connect some uh, more shocking dots. The 1973 abortion was legalized. This is all part of the sexual revolution, right? Guess what the argument they used? What was the foundational argument to legalizing abortion? What's that? Privacy. Privacy. But I'm going to back it up even more here. They used the argument for the birth control pill. The, the argument that the lawyers used to legalize the birth control pill, which is an abortifacient, was the foundation. That was the, the, that was the birth control pill precedent was what they used to legalize abortion. It was a step, see? And, and now we have, and on top of that, now we have an abortion pill. It's like skip by Skittles at the you know the, the pharmacy, right? You know, the girls can get them any time, and and they they have the abortion pill. It, that's the only everybody says, oh, the abortion numbers are coming down. Isn't it wonderful? They're coming. They're not going down. They're just they're not doing the medical abortions at Planned Parenthood, you know. But but they're, the, the, the the these pills are wiping out babies left and right. It's it's crazy. And and I always stress God's mercy and grace. I know lots of women here, men, women have been involved with abortion. Listen, it, this is not to bring that up again. If you have taken this to the cross and asked for God's forgiveness, it leave it there under the blood of Jesus Christ. If you haven't, I hope you do. But that I hope you get healing because we we had a whole ministry here to help women find their healing for this because you got to find the healing. But but don't don't carry that pain and that agony and all that. But we we have the healing. Get your healing, and that goes for the birth control pill too. If I hope that you if you've taken it or or fooled into taking it, that you'll ask for forgiveness. I know when Kim and I got married, doctor handed it to her. We started taking it. I think it took her for about a year. Then Kim started having a physical reaction, so we stopped. But when we found out what happened, what, what it really does, we went before God and said, God, please forgive us for ever taking that birth control pill. We didn't know, but it doesn't matter. We ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your mercy and grace. I encourage every couple to do that. Don't believe the demonic abortion lies babies are dying and women are dying too lots of reactions they the media suppresses it shocking right uh here here's a great example breast con, uh, breast cancer there are breast cancer studies all over the world that show a definite link if, if a woman ends her her first pregnancy with an abortion the breast cancer rates jump significantly they're at a definite risk for breast cancer because you're 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 stopping something the hormones everything's at work there's a lot of scientific reasons but but the bottom line is it makes women vulnerable to breast cancer and this wouldn't you think they would tell women that but no most of you probably didn't ever heard that but it's all you studies all over the world but the united states media will not report on it they won't touch it they won't tell these girls it they've suppressed the truth suppressed the truth and i think that's demonic and wicked to do remember god's wrath remember we talked about this last week this god's wrath is consequences for sin that is built into creation and that's what we're talking about with this with this abortion and then the effects of it you know it's built into creation adam and eve 
They went against God's word, and they reaped the, the wrath on themselves. And, and for the United States, judgment followed abortion very quickly. It's, I shock more pastors don't connect these dots. The judgment on our country for abortion started immediately. January 22, 1973, Roe v. Wade. What happened just two months later in America? March 29th, 1973, the U.S. pulled out of Vietnam. Anybody ever see that? We, we lost the first war in the history of our country. Was that exact time. And the crazy thing is we didn't lose the war. We weren't losing the war. The, remember, some of you remember the Tet Offensive and how it shook us up so much? But the United States won the Tet Offensive. We defeated the, Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese. We defeated them. And, and they were ready to surrender. I watched, I've been watching documentaries on the Vietnam War. They, the Vietnamese soldiers and generals, they were ready to surrender. The, the United States had us beat. We threw our best at them and we couldn't beat them they, they beat us and we were ready to go to the table and surrender we were done we had no more fight left in us until we started turning on tvs and radios and saw the riots in the united states on the college campuses that followed the Tet offensive and the, the there's all they're rioting and we're going to get out of the war and you baby killers and blah blah they went nuts on on the you know the military and we realized we should keep fighting. The, this the United States is, 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 is rotten to the core. They've won the war and they don't even know it. And all the riots on the camp, college campus, they said, let's keep fighting. And they did. And we surrendered. We left. Why? Because that was God's judgment. Countries don't just lose a war. You look at the Bible. It's God's judgment. God's judgment. And we have never been the same. We have never been the same. The second step to God's, on the path to God's wrath is sexual immorality. We are seeing the world sliding down this step in shocking ways. Remember I said the, the world, the USA, individualized churches, uh, shocking ways. The UN just came out with, uh, I, I read this in Answers in Genesis by Ken Ham, wonderful. If you don't get their updates, boy, you better get them. Does a great job with creation versus evolution and all kinds of stuff. But listen to this. In a recent report, which took five years to complete, a panel of jurists along with the joint UN program on HIV AIDS and the Office of High Commissioner for Human Rights released their eight March Principles, a guidance that seeks to offer a clear, accessible, and workable legal framework, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so listen to what they came up with. I'm just going to read a couple of them. This is the UN, the world, the UN. They decided that you must decriminalize all abortion all over the world. Because believe it or not, some countries still consider it murder, but they said you have to decriminalize abortion. No, that's one. You also have to decriminalize sex work. Because that's so good for women, right? Like they care. Uh, you have to, and here it is, decriminalize sex with minors. UN, decriminalize sex with minors. 
This is the UN. It's coming. How long have I been telling you this? It's coming. You have to decriminalize gender identity and expression. Just keeps going, doesn't it? Uh, that's just a couple of them. I'm not going to go to all of them. But that's the, where the world is headed. It, it's unbelievable, right? Uh, it, has the USA also, the world's taken this step. Has the USA also taken this step? Yes, we already said it. With devastating results, we are on the edge of a cliff. The edge of a cliff. The United States is just probably already stepped off the cliff. Listen to this. Uh, John D. Irwin a British anthropologist, think of the United States here, spent many years studying the rise and fall of 80 civilizations over a period of 4,000 years. He concluded that no society can long endure widespread sexual promiscuity. He found that all the... uh, that all the cultures he studied followed a similar sexual pattern during its early days of existence. Premarital and extramarital sexual relationships were strictly prohibited. Great creative energy was associated with this inhibition of sexual expression, causing culture to prosper. Much later in the life of the society, its people began to rebel against the strict prohibitions, demanding the freedom to release their internal passions. As the morals weakened, the society, social energy abated. I'm going to read that again. As the morals weakened, the social energy abated, eventually resulting in the decay or destruction of the civilization. The ultimate truths drawn from his research are chilling. He stated that the energy which holds a society together is sexual in nature. When a man is devoted to one woman and one family, he is motivated to build, save, protect, plan, and prosper on their behalf. However, when his sexual interests are dispersed and generalized, his effort is invested in the gratification of sensual desires. Any human society is free to choose. This is his result, his conclusion. Any human society is free to choose either to display great energy or to enjoy sexual freedom. The evidence is that they cannot do both cannot do both for more than one generation. Not for more than one generation. What are we seeing in the USA today? What are we seeing? The USA is clearly under judgment. Clearly under judgment. It has crossed the line. It has taken step one and step two. It's like pollution in our society, right? You can't help. It's like breathing pollution. You can't avoid it. Right? It's just everywhere. It's impossible. Paul, it's impossible, right? We just can't help ourselves, right? Well, Paul lived, uh, he, he wrote this to the Romans who lived in Rome, and it was even worse than the United States, although we're catching up very quickly. They're not far ahead of us. Anything goes in Rome, just like now. But the Romans even had slaves. There were more slaves than free people. And they used their slaves as sex slaves. 
They all, wait till next week when I talk to you about, a little bit more about that. They, they all had their own sex slaves. They could have sex with their slaves at any time, just like what happened in the United States here, right? Uh, but, but this is how bad it was in Rome, the, the Romans that he's writing to. But we as Christians are called to live free of sexual idolatry. We're called to live free of sexual idolatry. Paul's solution is in 1 Corinthians. He wrote to the Corinthians, which was a very bad place too. He wrote in 1 Corinthians six eighteen. he says this, Flee from sexual immorality. If you don't remember anything else I say today, remember, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside his body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple? Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies sexual sin is very serious look what paul says here it affects and infects the core of our being and our bodies are temples of the holy spirit the moment you put your faith in jesus christ the moment you say god i repent of my sin i i don't want the sin anymore i want to be forgiven through jesus death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead i put my faith in him i give my life to him the moment you do that the holy spirit comes and lives inside of you and you become a temple of the holy spirit but sexual idolatry breaks our fellowship with god it grieves the holy spirit and that's why it says here to flee we're all supposed to be runners some of you are like i can't run anymore well you better run spiritually we're all called to put on our spiritual sneakers or running shoes and run we're called to flee second timothy 2:22 says the same thing it says there flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness faith, love, and peace, along with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee the evil desires. We're, 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 we're supposed to flee. Don't, don't give it a second thought. When you get hit and it's everywhere, it's like pollution, right? I, I hate it, but it's bam, bam, bam. Don't give it a second thought. You know, don't argue with the sin. Don't even fight it. Don't even stop to fight it. Just run. Flee from it. Run mentally. Run emotionally. Run physically. That is our best defense is to run. I see the animals out in the yard, the cat hunting something. The, you know, you know, the mouse doesn't stop to argue with the cat. Oh, you, you really shouldn't eat me, you know. No, runs, you know. You see the bunnies out there, poof, they're gone, you know. Run. They don't stop and discuss it. You know, we don't talk to the devil about what he's trying to tell them. We, we have to run mentally emotionally and physically from this just like joseph and potiphar's wife remember that story joseph and potiphar's wife look what he says potiphar's wife is after him day after day after day. this guy's single virgin he's got this you know beautiful egyptian wife all over him and look what he says to her in genesis 39 verse 9 joseph says no one is greater in this house than i am my master has held withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife how then could i do such a wicked thing and sin against god now and though she spoke to joseph day after day he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her powerful and finally what did he do after all that resistance she grabs a hold of him tries to take off his clothes he ran without his cloak 
ran out half naked, ran from her. That's how we handle that temptation. We have to run. We, we, in order to live free, we have to flee. Live free, flee. Do whatever you have to do. Get rid of your phone. I know lots of guys getting rid of their cell phones or, or getting the old versions that don't have any pictures and no news. Do, do whatever you have to do. Get rid of If you can't, computer's a problem, you get accountability with someone on it or get rid of it. Don't use it. Whatever, the TV, whatever it takes, we have to safeguard ourselves. We have to get accountability. We have to cut off. Whatever is causing, whether it's a person, place, or thing, we have to cut it off. Break up with somebody if you have to do it. Whatever it takes, get help with your healing. Because it's, it, we also have to put to death the evil desires. Put to death, therefore, evil desires, Paul talked about. We have to put it to death. It's not enough to just run, but, but then we've got to put it to death. We've got to kill it. And that takes counseling, a lot of Christian counseling. We encourage that. We, there's a lot of great books, Every Man's Battle, Every Young Man's Battle, Every Woman's Battle, great books. Uh, there, we have a purity group a purity group that meets regular on a basis. We have Harvest USA, which folks attend, or, and you can do it through Zoom. We got connected with them, and if things are tough enough. There's Pure Life Ministry down in Kentucky, which is a wonderful ministry. You know, there, we, there, all the help in the world. Flee and live free, free and live free, whatever it takes. But the first step to freedom, you cannot flee. You cannot live free without putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That is the first step. It's giving your life to Jesus Christ. And that is the first step. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? That is the first step to freedom, is the forgiveness and the new life in Jesus. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, as always, after the service, there's prayer in the back. Uh, Chuck and Paul and different people are back there in the back corner with chairs. And they're always ready to pray for you for anything. Whether it's part of the sermon or something else you're struggling or sickness or whatever it is. But as we go to this time of prayer, how is God speaking to you? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Maybe you've never taken the first step to freedom, putting your faith in Jesus Christ. That's the first step to breaking free of of Satan's lies and, and sin and the flesh and the world is repenting, saying, God, I, I don't want the garbage. I don't want the sin. I don't want anything in my life that goes against your word, against your purpose for my life. I repent. Anything I've ever done, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Your son. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross that paid for my sin. His resurrection from the dead that gives me a brand new life. The power to live a new life. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Him.
you have prayed that prayer of faith, then something amazing, mind-boggling has happened to you. The Holy Spirit has come into you, and now your body, your mind, your soul is a temple of the Holy Spirit. God is actually living in you and has recreated you into a brand new person. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Your life will never be the same. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Tell me on the way out. Send me an email. Let Tell your friend or family member that here, somebody at work, whoever's been talking to you about God, tell somebody so that we could be excited for you and help you grow in your new life in Jesus Christ. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit convicting us? How do we need to flee to live free? Are you willing to say, God, whatever it takes, I want my relationship with you. I want that fellowship with you. Whatever it takes. Father, this is a lifelong battle. We know this country is going down a terrible path with this sin. But, Lord, we don't have to follow them. I pray that we would take steps toward holiness and purity and fulfillment, true fulfillment. I pray that we would know the love of Jesus Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.